Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Can You Hear Me? I'm Eileen Rochford, CEO of the Marketing and Strategy Group, The Harbinger Group. And I'm Rob Johnson, President of Rob Johnson Communications. As you know, this podcast is dedicated to providing the best communications advice to all of you based upon the experiences we've had for many years. For Eileen is an executive at multiple agencies, and for me as a TV anchor and reporter. We now own our own marketing and strategy and communications firm, and we spend all of our days, most of our days, trying to assist our clients in becoming the best communicators they can be. We're talking about corporate clients, government NGOs, not-for-profits, and I always tell my clients and potential clients, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, if you're having trouble communicating your message, we are here to help. And Eileen, I know that you do a lot of specialized work as well, but Whenever I ask, get asked that question, I'm like, listen, if you're having a hard time communicating, let's, let's start talking about it. That's right. And we start with process, don't we? Yes. No <laughs> doubt about it. No, I mean, because you got to start somewhere. And sometimes people, clients don't understand. They, they want to they wanna run before they walk. And we have to sometimes, I know you do, and I certainly know I do, we have to, let's dial it back a little bit and let's take a little bit closer look at the process yeah. Of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. And here's why I think it's a particularly relevant right now. I mean, you and I, we talk a lot outside of the show and we exchange experiences and there seems to be some common theme running through the work, despite the fact that we're working for totally different clients and hardly ever working together. And I find that very, very interesting. And I, what I'm seeing is that right now, I don't know, it feels like, like lots of us and not just the people we consult with, but also here on my team and with uh, clients we've worked with for years and years, it's like we're in need of a checkup when it comes to kind of marketing communications basics almost. How basic are you talking? I'm talking all the way down to... Let's revisit our strategy and make sure that these decisions are had, taking us in the d- direction that we need to go in order to achieve the goals that we outlined at the onset of this engagement. That basic, right? But I think here's why I think that you're seeing it and I'm seeing it and lots of other friends of mine, colleagues of mine in this industry and just in marketing in general are having similar observations. So I think it's due to the prolonged effects of working in this COVID world environment and all the change and the struggle that we've been experiencing over the past God, two plus years. It's been a very, very different way of living and working. We've talked about that a lot on this show. Yes. But I, I'm just putting that out there as kind of a baseline because my theory is that two years is a super long time to have to remain hyper-focused, hyper-vigilant on just managing change and working to stay afloat. And, and I think that doing so meant that some of our skills, our core skills, our foundational skills were left unused and they've gotten rusty. And it was okay because you're just trying to stay afloat. You're just trying to stay um, abreast of the task at hand, which is what's right in front of you. But I think what you're also talking about and what we're going to get into since we're going to do multiple parts on this particular issue is 
the strategy, the long term, the you know where are we headed with this? So we start with getting your internal house in order, which is what this podcast, this particular episode is about. Yeah. But also what 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 happens when you look ahead? Because as everybody knows, you have to have a strategy in place to have success, and you can't just be managing month to month. Yeah. And before things really kind of get out of control again in a different way. Now that the world is practically back in full swing and mm-hmm. everything is heating up on all the planes at once, not just the hyper-focus on managing change and staying afloat. Now, all those things that maybe were allowed to not be as important in the past, they're back on the table and people are paying attention to them again. So the world is kind of getting back to that, that feeling, that being way of, wait, those core things are just equally important and we're going to go back and we're going to look at those skills. We're going to judge and evaluate based on whether you're kind of up to snuff in these you know areas, which is why we're doing this series, because I feel like right now, the, those who are in marketing and our teams and our processes are in need of a full diagnostic checkup to make sure that everything's in working order. Because it just feels like they've those basic elements have gotten, they've gotten away from us. So that's what the series is all about today. We're refreshing. This is so a we're refreshing. refreshing. And and the people that are listening to this need to understand those were the rules for that time. Now the rules are kind of going back to where they were. They're not changing, but they're essentially going back to where they were, which is you have to have these core competencies if you're going to have any sort of success. Yeah. And the fact that we all you know, all for one and one for all during a, an unprecedented time in our society, in our history, in our professional lives, that was okay for that moment. But now the moment calls for some of the skills that you may have, as you say, gotten rusty on. Yeah. Yeah. A lot was forgiven. A lot was kind of put in park during these years. And thus, I think, you know, but through no fault of anyone's, we have forgotten them a bit. So um, that's why we're doing this series and we're going to take on a number of different things throughout the next, you know, four or five shows. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's very important to do that. And as you sit here and start imagining these core competencies that were sort of um, overlooked, if you will, for the past several years, where, where do you think you would start? Well, today we're going to talk about tightening up your foundational messaging. That's the place where if we don't, everybody knows, if you don't have your foundational messaging, you're, you're in a, quite a bit of trouble. <laughs> and we always say everybody who's thinking about um, improving their marketing structure, their communication skills, whether it's for an individual or an organization, we strongly recommend spending quite a bit of time honing those foundational messages your message. And you've got to do that internally before you go out to the marketplace, any external stakeholders tell the world how fabulous you are. (laughs) No one's going to believe it if you can't actually articulate it in a consistent manner. So what does that require? It requires a detailed internal assessment, super dive into your structures, the way you communicate with your stakeholders, to your stakeholders, how everyone else uh, who's external facing does the same. All that's got to happen because if you don't, 
if you're, I should say that if your structure um, and your consistency of message aren't in order, you're just going to have a whole lot of problems when you're trying to achieve awareness and understanding in your marketplace. So that's, that's why we're going to start with tightening up your foundational messaging. And this exercise requires more than just a little bit of self-awareness. Because I can't tell you the people I will talk I will talk to from time to time, and they're like, "Hey, we're good, we're okay. I have a marketing department. I have this, I have that." And I'm like, "You're missing the point." And the point is that some of the these exercises go beyond what your marketing department, what your CMO is doing on a day to day basis to stay afloat of all the things that you have given him or her to do. And so it does require self awareness, where you say, "You know what? We could be better communicators." We're returning to normal. We have money to um, invest in this endeavor, and we want to be better at communicating. And to your point, it always, always, always starts internally because I can't tell you how many clients or potential clients I come across who will say, we want to go shoot videos and tell everybody how great we are. Now, Often those businesses have given very little thought or have not developed the thought about who they are and what they stand for. And what's more, they have yet to develop a consensus with their own executive leadership teams about what they say about their company in a uniform way. Because as you know, Eileen, you cannot have your leaders going around to those external stakeholders, telling different stories with different messages and I like to call it message discipline. And sometimes when I'm making a point with a, a leader or a CEO and they and the light bulb goes off, like, yes. Okay, so you have companies that may have different, you know, people may, they have different jobs in that company. And everybody, and I always call it the weeds. Everybody loves getting into their own weeds and talking about what they do specifically. But the message I try to share with a lot of clients is before you get into the weeds, while you're still maybe not at 30,000, but maybe 15 or 10,000 feet, you all need to be able to talk about what you do in a uniform way so people get it. And of course, when you get into your weeds, you're going to be talking about what you do specifically. But whether you're at a cocktail party, whether you're at a conference, whether you're, and then of course, like, hey, if, you do, if you're doing media, you're obviously going to go with an extra layer of, of, of training that we're going to help you through to, to hone that message. But no matter where you are externally, you, will, you need, you know, when, it come, when you come out to any of these events, or maybe you're a, a featured speaker, a subject matter expert at a conference of some sort, you have to have had that discussion. You have to be able to talk about who you are. And it doesn't need to be 10 minutes, you know, like a 10 minute, you know, monologue. It could be a good enough discussion about who you are. So when it's time for somebody to ask the question, the, the questions keep coming and you can talk more about what you do. So what's a good stress test for determining whether people have, have it together when it comes to foundational messaging and everybody preaching from the same hymnal, if you're singing, rather, from the same hymnal, if you will. You could also preach if you wanted to, but singing would, could be, okay, could be even a little bit better. I, I really think that the stress test is, and, and sometimes you know it's hard for people to understand when it comes to marketing because they want to see a specific ROI. And you could get leaders in a room 
and you could start, you know, just start talking about who you are and what you do and how you, how you express yourself. And sometimes people, it seems like a really easy question and they will struggle with the very easy thing. Like, Hey, you work at company X. What do you do? Who do you do it for? I mean, these are the basic things, right? And I always tell people, if you, if you do an, ah, uh, or you can't finish that thought, that basic thought, we got a lot of work to do. So for I don't sure. know if that's the best way of doing it, but, but, but a stress test where you are not put on the defensive, but you are, you are required to talk about your company, not in three to five minutes, like I said earlier, but 15 to 30 seconds. What do you do? Who do you do it for? Why do you do it better than other people? You know, what's your value proposition? Mm-hmm. And then like that's that. not meant to be the end of the conversation. That's meant, as I said before, to lead to the next question. What about you? What do you think? What do you think about the, what is a stress test that you are comfortable with or that you think is effective? I often like to do this one. So I'll ask leadership teams, who are your most critical external facing either spokespeople or even salespeople just depends on, on the organization. Give me five or six of them. Tell me the things that you want to make sure are being heard in the marketplace by those folks. And we go and interview them privately, one-on-one. And we don't, we don't pretend like we're media. We just talk to them. You know, tell me, talk to me like I've never heard of your company before. Explain what you do. These kinds of, you know, just exploratory, you know, discovery focused questions. And then we write a report. Here's what we heard, themes that emerged, maybe anomaly type uh, descriptions that we heard, outliers, and present that often through verbatims pulled out of those conversations to either the marketing team who's in charge of uh, message consistency or C-suite executives who are really involved in this in smaller organizations and they often find it very eye-opening that they their people are saying related things, but they've kind of they've just gone off. They're not following their GPS guidance anymore. Let's put it that way. Um, it's very rare when we're hired that the companies are hiring us to do you know that kind of an assessment because they do have their house in order. But what I will say is I think they're, they're surprised and sometimes even just shocked by the degree of variance or the degree of off-targetness of what um, those reports show. It's a great exercise. Love doing that one. And when you do that, and, and I've done that before with the sales teams, because they are truly the most, even if you're a company leader, the sales teams are out there every day day after day, call after call, Zoom after Zoom, in-person meeting after in-person meeting, um, talking about what they're going to do for you as a, as a firm, as a company, with a product or service. And, and I, I think it's fascinating to see that there is a disconnect sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or I have seen anything. with people who will say, you know, here's an issue or, or I will say, here's an issue you should care about as a leader. And they'll be like, well, we don't really care about that. And it, it'll be something where my contention is you, you might be losing business over it. 
why don't we talk to the sales team? So I, I'm taking what you're talking about and I'm flipping it a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Your impression of, of who you are and what you do, maybe, and, and, and let's say you're struggling with sales or something of that nature and you're saying, hey, the sales team needs to work harder. You just need to work harder. And I might say, well, have you put them in a position to succeed or fail? And it all starts with messaging and it all starts with, starts with core values, which is exactly the point that you've been raising. Sure. Yep. No doubt. Yeah. So it's an assessment refresh kind of year. So this would be a great little test to take home. But I have one bit of advice and that is I do not and will never be convinced otherwise. I do not believe this is the kind of exercise that you can do internally. Um, There's a lot of reasons for that. Comfort level, the people being interviewed and sharing their perspective will always think that they are being assessed, um, evaluated, reviewed in some way, if it's done by Mm -hmm. someone from within an organization. Mm -hmm. But yet what I see when they talk to an external team, who's, you know, we're just here to learn more. We're just here to explore, teach us the, the degree to which people open up and share is so much greater. In fact, often they'll even talk about, I struggle with consistent messaging because of the you know reasons X, Y, and Z. And hearing that, they won't often tell, you know, internal people um, that type of feedback. It depends on the organization, but for real, I think I've just seen it done much, much better when there's an outside, um, very unbiased, no skin in the game person um, collecting the information and guiding the conversation. So find somebody who can do that for you. And, and uh, you know, you'll get a much better product. And, and I'm always fascinated when, say, I'm working with a client, having that conversation with somebody, and they do open up and they do, and they do have some trust there, even though we haven't worked together hardly at all, but they realize that I'm an uh, unbiased you know, third party that's trying to get to the bottom of whatever communications issues they're having. But I've also seen that when you're talking about getting your internal house in order, which is what we're talking about today, the number of people, and, and, and let's say I'm interviewing somebody who's really outward facing, who works at a, you know, who's one of the, you know, customer facing people and their vision of what the realities are might be far different than what the C-suite is. And that's when you you realize, oh my gosh, we have a lot of work to do because we all have to talk about this place with, in the same manner. Basically, yeah. and we can't have somebody saying, well, the reality is, you know, as I deal with customers and I see them on a daily basis, this is what I'm hearing from them, which is one of the most important things you can do is get that customer feedback, true? true. And some people who are removed from that, who may be higher up uh, the organizational chart, may not be privy to that. And sometimes if you're that person, you don't always feel comfortable telling that to your boss. Mm-hmm. And you're more comfortable telling it to somebody like us and we can help maybe, well, not maybe, but we do help get to the bottom of those communications issues. Because if there's that kind of disconnect, you have no chance externally with stakeholders. Yeah. Darn right. (laughs) Well, and, and I'll say something else too. And it always fascinates me when I talk to clients and everybody's so zeroed in on, you know, earn media. I want to get on TV. I want to get on radio. I want to be quoted, you know, that sort of thing. What I would tell you too, and 
remember, we're talking about getting your internal house in order before you go tell the world how great you are. So it comes back to that. The whole earn media thing should be the last step in this journey because you've been drilled consistently about your messaging and it may be crystal clear in those interviews. And certainly I know when we prep our clients, I mean, we go through a whole laundry list of things they got to be prepared for. But when you're getting earned media, that's they're only telling half of the story. You have a story you want to share with everybody. And when you go to earn media, sometimes they're going to get the other side of the story. Maybe it's a competitor. Maybe it's somebody that doesn't see things the way you do. Uh, you want to make sure you're quoted correctly. And that's why I tell people, don't forget when you're dealing with, before you deal with earned media, there's a whole level of social media where you have the ability to create and hone your message on your terms with your audience. And I know that we're talking, that's an external thing, but it starts internally, getting your house in order, being able to, to say with consistency and clarity who you are. Because when you go to the public, I think starting with social media makes sense because you're creating the narrative about who you are. It's your story on your terms. Mm -hmm. And then as you get better at it, and as you maybe become you know, more prevalent in your field as a, as a subject matter expert, or you're, you're seen as a, somebody they, they want to interview about what you do or about whatever your industry is, that's our media. And that's where they're going to tell part of your story. But when you get out there, you, initially in social media, you need to be able to tell the story on your terms, on your turf. And I know that, again, I know that's external, but I'm saying all that work that's done internally is vital to make sure that what happens externally goes smoothly. Yeah, absolutely. You just had me thinking about how doing this foundational messaging, you know, evaluation, refresh work, how important it is, obviously for all of these different platforms, but also because the outside world is looking at brands and the messages coming out of organizations with a higher degree of scrutiny and almost a heightened degree of scrutiny, meaning um, to sense they're sensitive to so much more now over the last, the, the rate of change of what people find acceptable, what they find proper when it comes out of brand messaging, the rate of change over the last two years has been honestly incredible. It's almost as if we fast forwarded a, you know, a quarter of a decade in two years in terms of people's perspective. So it's a great time to do that type of foundational messaging, um, you know, evaluation, refresh, call it what you want, um, just to make sure you're keeping up with how things really um, should be said in our new environment, our new world, not, and I don't, I'm not talking about political correctness. I'm just talking about um, empathy, inclusion, um, you know, general caring. Some of the phrases that may have been used even two years ago um, are likely not great choices now. So I think that's another important point for people to make as to why it's a good time to make sure that you haven't let that foundational messaging get rusty as well. So what do you, so so let's let's dive a little deeper on that. What are the messages, the changing perspectives that you were talking about, the things that were okay two years ago that aren't okay now? 
And I know you were, you there's were just so many, there's, it's crazy. There's, give me like two or yeah. three that are the, that are top <clears throat> of mind for you that two or three years ago. Yes. And now you're like, nah, we, we shouldn't, Not we shouldn't so lean in on that one. Yeah. Well, it's some simple, basic things. For example, using, um, he instead of she or she instead of he, honestly, when you could use they, not because that's what someone has chosen, but just as a generalist term, you can avoid offense just through that choice. And I don't see enough organizations recognizing that. That's a great example. It is a great example because I sit here and think about whenever I talk about a CEO or a leader or somebody, and I'll say him or her or he or she, and I'm thinking, well, I'm being inclusive, but Not but if I use they, that's even that's even better. If I use it is. they, absolutely, that CEO they, you know, I so so point well taken. See, I, I'm just going to sit here and just take notes. I'm just sitting here with Eileen. <laughs> I can see up with all these great concepts. <laughs> I totally could. I'm like, I'm not that smart, Rob, but once in a while, there might be right. like, you know, well, take something out that. of this. Yeah. Let me get, let me get that last point. Oh, <laughs> I got, it. I got it. I'm good. It, <laughs> it's it's chicken scratch, but I think I, but I think I can, I think I can read it, but, but to, you know, all kidding aside, back to your point, um, those are little things that really can become big things if you handle them correctly or conversely, if you don't handle them correctly, because, yeah. and sometimes people say, oh gosh, times have changed. It's like, yeah. Times have changed. It's, you know, you just stated the obvious that times have changed. So, so don't be sitting here fighting against it. Yeah, it's just a, it's a waste of your time to to fight against that. When you can reserve that energy for the big fights, the things and the big ideas, the things that are going to improve your future. But why lose on the small stuff is what I always say. And right. you know, a a, a Fumble. Oh, gosh, put this into Super Bowl terms for me since the Super Bowl just happened. <laughs> what would this, what would be the equivalent? A silly mistake. Like, didn't. Uh, Jayden, an unforced error. That, that's, that's more like tennis. just dropped but... the ball and converted it into a touchdown, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. then ultimately they lost, right? Mr. Eagles quarterback man. That happened. Yeah. yeah. Listen, self-inflicted uh, uh, wounds are, are the worst because you could yes. have avoided them. And if you don't, and, and, and just back to when I was talking about sales teams and I was talking about a potential client that, that didn't see things the way they need to be seen, it was about issues related to what you were talking about, about um, just having more perspective and being better when it comes to, say, DEI and, 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 and equality and things of that nature. And this firm was just like, this is, this is not worth our time. And it's like, <laughs> buddy. It's everybody's doing it. And we're talking about doing assessments for sales teams. I offered, I was like, I will go and do an assessment with your sales team to figure out why they're not closing deals. Yeah. I think I already know the answer, but I'll go do it. And they're like, we don't, sure. we don't want to know. We don't care. And so that's the end of the conversation. Remember how we were talking yeah. about when somebody says, I have a CMO, I have a team, I have whatever. And it's like, here's, here, here are the ways I can help. And if they don't see, yeah. if they don't see the shortcomings, and that's the end of the conversation. And when <laughs> right. they do, as you know, that's when the relationship can begin. That's right. My favorite question is, so why did you hire us? <laughs> <laughs> and that's not in a snarky way. That's genuinely right. the question, right? 
Yeah. Because you, because you have to be able to listen to what their needs are and, and, you know, have them be able to articulate those yeah. needs. And that's when right. the help begins. Right. Because as mm-hmm. you said before, they're, they're paying you for your ideas. That's right. Yeah, that's true. And, and outside thinking is some of the best you'll ever get. I mean, the, the minute you stop telling yourself that, that everything that you're hearing inside is music to your ears. I think that's when you start to lose. Right. And, the, and those are people that maybe I would have really helped that couldn't see the fact they needed the help. And so it's like, sure. you know, Hey, um, I can see it. A lot of people can see it. Probably your sales teams can see it. And if you're just like, if you're living in that bubble, if you're living in, you know, in that uh, glass house, um, good luck. Cause times have changed <laughs> so <laughs> and true. you may be the last person to figure it out. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I just want to bring, um, all this, I guess, to a fine point before we conclude, um, in that, you know, we haven't had time to do a lot of these basics, these foundational, um, you know, skill, um, enhancement refreshes and, we need to go back and make the time now to get those things done because mm-hmm. the longer we wait to do it, the rustier and the rustier or the more outdated things become. And when tough times hit a crisis or something else really significant, if you don't have your house in order, you're going to have a much harder time getting through those tough times. Right. So Agreed. Just take it, take the time, start with your foundational messaging. That's what we tackled today, but commit to doing a number of these things in 2023 to get yourself in better shape. Because like we all have been saying to each other the last two years, wait, didn't that just happen? No, that was in 2019. Right. That was years ago. The last time you touched your, you know, 30 back pages of your website to look for any phrasings that might be bad was probably 2019, for example. So you're going to want to go in there and kind of shake those trees and find the things that shouldn't be there anymore and fix them. That's what today's conversation was about. We hope we've motivated you to think about that and to dedicate the time to doing so this year. But that's going to do it for the first episode in our multi-part series about refreshing your core communication skills in 2023. And in our next episode, we'll ask the question, are your spokespeople media ready? <laughs> I can't wait for that one. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite topics. Oh, yeah. I'm Eileen Rochford. And I'm Rob Johnson. We thank you so much for listening. And remember, you can find Can You Hear Me wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening.